You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. It is episode number 112 of the motherfucking podcast. This is, of course, the official podcast of the International Power Rock Combo motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Gordo. How are you? Gordo, it's so good to see you. Good to see you. I really look forward to our time together every week. I do, too. And here we are. Yet again. Don't get jealous, but I started talking to a therapist again, and so I'm I'm talking to someone else for extended periods of time once a week. Well, there, there goes our quality time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to have anything to complain about when we get here, man. I'm not going to... Hey, uh, we've got a very special guest this week. Uh, I'm very excited to have an old friend, a very talented musician, very cool, ballsy just intense awesome human being um a hero to rock and rollers across the globe please welcome uh my good friend from the adrian connor band and hell's bells please welcome adrian connor to the program yeah adrian connor is on the program that's great adrian connor, adrian connor, adrian connor. yeah how you doing I'm good. How are you it's guys good doing? Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Gordo. Yeah, nice to meet you. I'm yeah. surprised you guys haven't um, haven't met before. Uh, well, I think maybe in passing we have because I've been to a couple of Hell's Bells show. The last one I went to was at the the Oriental. And oh, that, that, but that was a while ago. That was yeah, that was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man, but killer show. Yeah, always a killer show. <laughs> So much, uh, so much to talk about. Um, I don't know what your hard out time is, but you uh, you let us know when you run out of time because we we go forever on this on this show, and and I want to be mindful of your time constraints. But I really appreciate you coming on to talk. We're finally getting in uh, the Skype uh, the Skype streaming side of things, thanks to our boy Ethan Klein. Yes, fucking love you, dude. Um, and it appears as though we've got the chat going this week so if you're on facebook or youtube and uh you want to drop in and say hi i do have i'm i think you can see on the stream i've got this ipad here that actually has everything in the chat so drop a, <laughs> drop a word say hi say what's up to adrian say what's up to gordo that's the new technology that we were trying to integrate into this episode something new every week yeah it's like things are going so well let's just fuck it all up (laughs) so uh so adrian first of all i gotta ask how you've been doing during all the insanity like how are you doing during uh mostly through quarantine because none of us are playing shows right now i've seen some of your streams going on 
What have you been oh. up to? How have you been trying to make use of the time that you've had? Well, um, yeah, I've been streaming twice a week on Facebook, YouTube, and sometimes Instagram if I can get my phone up. Um, and I do that Wednesdays at 7. No, not, Wednesdays at 9 and Fridays at 7 Central Time. And I've been having a lot of fun with that. And um, people tip me, and that's been bu buying my groceries. And it's been fucking awesome. And uh, and it's also fun because everybody starts talking to each other. And I'll right. That too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's it, cool. It is a good opportunity for people to get connected. And I, I yearn for the early days of the pandemic when that was like, it seems like it was going on a lot more where people were just like engaging with each other and and yeah. and having fun, you know, shooting the shit with people in those streams. Um, yeah, yeah, it seems to have died down a little bit. Or is has that been the case for you? Or are you still you still getting good engagement? Well, I've I've always had a solid small group, and um, so it's never been like I think the first one we did in March was unusual. Uh, where it, it was a lot of people, but we were using a different platform, so the numbers were, were different. You know what I mean? But yeah, so there's not that many people watch me, but um, they're solid group of people that that come and um, and they tip me, <laughs> and that's like fucking awesome. I mean, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, actually, have not ever made this much money doing my original music. Really. Ever. Yeah, I mean, really? where I don't have to pay for the gas, the van, the band members, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I just, you know, so I'm like, oh, my God, I, I'm, you know, like maybe at 40% of my expenses. That's fucking so not, awesome, dude. I know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to stop live streaming. And I mean, I try not to let that number on the left side upset me because, you know, you go to watch streams for people here in Austin and people have hundreds to 200 or, you know, and it's kind of like, Oh, but then, you know, but it's not really about that anymore. It's not really, it's about reaching the people that are interested in what you're doing. Your and people. it kind of, yeah, it kind of doesn't matter how many people it matters, how many, you know, like it matters the dedication of, the people that are engaged. This you know is what I'm this is like a major thesis of this show. Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like Gordo and I talk about this a lot. Just okay. how we're living in this new age of entertainment, where it's it's about taking care. It's it's about it's not about getting in front of the right people. It's about taking care of the the people that are in front of you right now. Like yeah, those yeah. those are are the people, and it's like you know. If you it, like it, you can compare it to bartending, like if you wanted to be some like rock star bartender at some like five star joint where you're flipping mixers and you're raking in thousands of dollars a night and you've got all this fame and popularity and it's this super sexy fun thing. That's great and everything. But you can also work at the neighborhood bar and you can make a good living pouring drinks and talking with people and and taking care of your neighborhood demographic and mm -hmm. and still, you know, get a lot of satisfaction out of that. It you know, yeah. one is not necessarily better than the other. And we live in this time where um, 
entertainment has become so democratized that yes, there are rock stars. There are people who are excel that are excelling at the higher ends, but it's no longer such a small percentage of people creating all the entertainment at the top and then everybody else at the bottom being nothing. You know what I mean? Like, would you say that there is kind it you know a one a top one percent for you know for entertainers in in doing popular music is there you know you know how they say the one percent i mean would you say that there's like a one percent in terms of artists being very successful i think that i think just based in terms of of statistics of like like prado distribution you know 20 percent are going to uh, be like you know floats to the top basically where there's there's a very very small number of artists who are making the most money in the industry and then <laughs> there's all the rest of us but that all the rest of us scales as well like there's people you know there's people that you look up to. There's people that I look up to, but then there's people that also look up to us. And like you can, if you build a loyal enough following and you take care of the people who do follow you, you can have a sustainable career. Like I heard, yeah, uh, what were you saying? Go ahead. Oh, I'm disagreeing. I'm like, yeah. and, and, and in gratitude, like that's incredible. I mean, I mean, you have to work, but you add it and, but it's amazing that that opportunity is there. You're only limited by your ability to turn people on to your shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we, we base a lot of our marketing around one guy. Like, and he's been on this podcast before. His name is Joey Klontz. He's our number one fan. And we deliberately create stuff with Joey in mind knowing that there are literally hundreds of thousands of Joey's around the planet who like a lot of the same stuff he does and have the same demeanor and temperament and have the same values and, and, and are, would be turned on by what we do. And but to be yeah. clear, there's no one like Joey. Oh, there's only one. <laughs> now, let's clarify. There is only one Joey Klontz. But there are many people similar to Joey who would be into what we do. And so we're kind of on this mission to seek those people out. And I think it's amazing that you're doing so well on on the tips because I I had wondered what some of the success stories were with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it... It makes me wonder, you know, the people that are, you know, streaming to 200 to 500 people at a time, like, the fuck, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they must be doing really good, but you never know. I mean, you don't know what kind of relationship, right? Is you just don't, you know. And but anyway, I'm I'm real happy with um, getting to have so much support from the people that are interested. It's like wow, you know, it if it's a way, it, it's encouraging. You know what I mean? Like oh, I can keep doing this. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. right. eventually. You know, to make stuff, you have to pay people to do stuff. You know what I mean? That money just doesn't come from anywhere. I mean, stuff. <laughs> you know what I which mean? Is, which is, to that point, you and I are both on Patreon. Yes. And um, 
that is how amazing is that as a platform just in terms of like like even if like i've got one guy that i give a couple of bucks to a month but that's the difference between him not having new strings for his guitar and having new strings for his guitar you know what i mean and it kind of i feel like it holds us accountable because people are sending us money and it's like okay we've got to turn this into something We've got mm-hmm. to keep showing up and keep working uh, because these people believe in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. Like, I think there's just something so beautiful about that. Yeah, that is beautiful. Do you listen to Seth Godin? Uh, I've heard some Seth Godin stuff, but... You were saying um, things that he says a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. he. I, I have uh, engaged probably with a bunch of public intellectuals that are Seth Godin adjacent. Um, I, I have heard one Ted talk that he did where he was talking about, God, what was he talking about? He was talking about, um, it was some statistic involving sharing your goals with people. Oh, like, and, and there was some study that was done where, people who shared goals with people rather than keeping them to themselves uh, actually didn't perform as well as the people who kept their goals to themselves because something about saying it out loud tricks your brain into reaching some degree of premature closure and you don't have as much motivation to complete the thing. It was a really interesting TED talk that he did. It's kind of counterintuitive. He's doing it. Say that again. Yammering, <laughs> Yammering about, about it equals doing equals it. Equals doing it. Well, that's why you see so many people and they sit around and they talk about what they're going to do, what they're going to yeah. do, what they're going to do. But when you're really going to get the results is by sitting down in the chair, showing up, playing the guitar. And, and Gordo, you know, I've told you about, you know – getting off social media and and kind of trying to direct my attention into other things and what i have found is since i've stopped prioritizing sharing stuff with people i'm getting better at my instrument because i'm when i was making the videos it was more about the setting up and the making the video and getting it online and engaging with that people that that way and it takes a few hours to do the whole thing or I could right. put those three hours into playing scales and learning how to play the fucking guitar and write songs and shit like that. Correct. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You are so, you are learning grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> cool. so uh, what it, going hey, back to the, the live streaming thing real quick though, Adrian, um, I've found that like I don't I don't really have a lot of people watching my live streams either, but um, I have noticed that the very few that do tend to leave like some generous tips sometimes. So it's like, yeah, it's, nice. so it's super cool, you know, like when you can, when you get that, just uh, the small fan base, but they're really super supportive of what you do. Like that's, yeah, you're, you're yeah. doing it right. You know, you're, you're definitely doing it right. Yeah. It, you know? it, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you guys that tip out there, if you're watching the stream, you you don't you i mean what you're doing for us as artists is you're keeping us going and thank you so much yeah because we Um, love creating right and we love creating for people you know not just and sharing it yeah absolutely yeah 
Yeah, man. It, so have you noticed um, that your relationships with your fan base has has deepened as a result? Oh, yeah, because, I, you know, I'm not doing as much managing work for the other band. And um, so I have a lot more time to engage with people that are, you know, reaching out. Um, sometimes, if you know, I can't get back to people. It's because I'm juggling so many jobs, so many hats that, right. like, you know, I'm taking care of what other band members need and, like, you know, trying to get get a show, trying to make sure this show is like, do we have all this for this show? And you know, just God, it's just Stanley. It's right, so hard right. to get to it. So sometimes, you know, when I'm when we're really working a lot, when you know that meaning a lot of gigs, sometimes there's not really an op. You got to take care of yourself. There's got to be some self care there, and you got to just you know take a nap, <laughs> take, take a day off. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so so this pandemic has been uh e- it's been easier to engage with people it's like oh i have time now to talk to people it's kind of been um something of a stepping off of the treadmill you know what i mean like stepping yeah. off like the hedonic treadmill of just like getting to the next signpost just like focusing on like oh i've got to i've got to get on this festival so that i can get to the next thing and i got to do this show so i can get to the next thing and and i've got to get the the album done and it's like it it reallocates your priorities and forces the recovery which is so important yeah yeah, yeah. so um let's talk a little bit about the other band what um what is it like what all have you lost as a result of everything getting shut down like what show wise i mean oh my god um we uh okay well the salt lake city and park city shows were the first to go then we had like lewiston casino um and then we had oh i mean it's just endless i mean there's probably like 20 25 shows that are gone so there's that. And then the band, I don't know. Have you been following Facebook very much? Um, I, I wanted to ask you about it. If you're comfortable talking yeah. about it. I heard that, um, I heard that Amber stepped down. Yeah. Um, me and Mandy are still continuing the band, but everybody else decided to not play in the band anymore. So everybody else decided not to play in the band any, every, anymore. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, do you do you feel comfortable elaborating on that to any degree at all, or or do you have anything to like like say about it? It fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only a it sucks. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's it's not it's not great. Um, uh, but I mean, I couldn't give you any information more because I don't know any more information. Just right, right. You know, like, it's like all right <laughs> well uh, is is everybody still friends like are you guys still talking and and staying in touch or i think it... they talk to mandy but nobody's talking to me oh i'm sorry to hear that yeah That's a, you know when uh i've been through i've been through some rough separations too with with the bandmates and and i i, I know it's hard i know it's really hard and 
I hope that um, as time passes on, you guys will be able to talk to each other again. That fucking sucks. I'm, I, I love you guys. You guys know, <laughs> I, I mean, I hope you know how much I, I love and respect all of you guys so much. You've done so much for our band and so much for us personally. Like, it, we, we, we adore the hell out of all you guys. So I really do ah, hope the best for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. not a problem. Um, so then what's the plan during this time is it just trying to find some people and rebuild the band or or what what's yeah. the thought for hell's bells what's the next couple years the next 20 months we'll say and that's probably going to be how long it is before we get to have any kind of normal rock and roll show i know um you know i've got a great group of ladies um together and uh, we're gonna rehearse at the beginning of august and um you know thank god mandy still wants to play because you know nobody's more solid than mandy yeah. you know what i'm saying mandy's the shit i um i actually <laughs> I, I, at some point i really want to have mandy on the show man yeah i mean so um yeah, uh, we'll practice in August, and I, you know, I can see continuing if we are all getting along and and everybody is you know enjoying themselves and we're all on the same page in terms of you know continuing to improve. Right, right. It's got to be fun. Yeah, yeah. but it also has to be you know tight. <laughs> well, and you were you were you were making a point too, and this is something that, and and one of the reasons I wanted to ask about Hell's Bells is you were talking about how much has gone into, um, how much has gone into just managing that band. That if I understand correctly, the whole reason, and this is just from I think conversations that we had a long time ago, is the whole point of Hell's Bells was like, let's create something so that we don't have to have day jobs like so that we can focus on our music like our individual music like you wanted to make a living as a musician and it seemed like hell's bells would be a great way to facilitate your other creative interests is that true that's true for me um i don't know that you know, you'd have to ask each other member what their plans were or why they were in it um, I know for me, it's just so fun to play that music. And it's also like, you know, because it's so good. And then the fans are, uh, I mean, you walk out and they're like singing the songs and they're cheering at you. And I mean, right. it's like you're in an 80s music heavy metal music video <laughs> it's so fun and, and i mean i just uh and with the band you know when it's playing tight and you can because like if the band if the rhythm section is not tight i can't do that angus thing like right right that's right all based on the rhythm section i mean if they are not you know then it there's i'm like oh my legs turn to jelly i have right, no right, muscle right. <laughs> yeah uh so wow, I mean it's just so fun and it's um a lot different than doing my original music. And I couldn't not do my original music, but what I get out of Hell's Bells is so I just, you know, if people are going to still come and enjoy it and give me the energy that, you know, cuz it's like 
me, them, and and it feels really good. Uh, so if you know, if it's I enjoy doing it, and I don't really see a reason to stop. Right, right. No, totally. And and I can I can say from personal experience that like the live. The live shows are amazing. They're super fun. It's it's some some of the best times I've had is like playing and going to Hell's Bells shows. I've got a picture somewhere that I want to I, I wanted to bring up before here, but uh, we did we did a show with you guys and we were doing our maiden tribute at the time. And yes. there's a picture of you somewhere uh, on stage in in your Angus skirt. And bra with a fucking Eddie mask on, just like throwing the horns and having the time of your life. Like, yeah. like it. I, I I didn't mean to make it sound like um, it's just a job. It's just a thing that you guys did to facilitate that. Because I've I've seen you, and I you can't you can't fake that. You can't fake that. Like how much fun that you guys have up there. And and I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like. You know, it's better than ACDC in a lot of ways because, you know, you know, of course, praise be to the forefathers and all that. But, you know, they've got they've got their giant pyrotechnic and light shows and they've got their, uh, you know, years and years of uh, reputation preceding them where where they can go up and they can they can kind of do it like a, like some old guys and, and have a good time. But like you guys in like a small theater is is one of the most fun times and just like being being up you know up in person with with you gals rocking out is uh i mean that's something that like it's just like all laid bare out there and it's uh it's an incredible thing to see um yeah (laughs) yeah um so i guess uh, and another question that I had is, what is the, um, like, have you done any experimenting with long distance preparation, long distance rehearsal? Long, like, like what if, because you've got a head start on a lot of this stuff that people are trying to do now because you've been trying to manage a long distance band for years. Oh. Right. So right. what what are the things that um, you're doing to keep everybody engaged and to to stay on top of things? Are you are you sending stuff back and forth or are people just expected to learn the material on their own or uh, are you yeah. communicating? With video? <laughs> yes, That's it. Yes. We are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, our rhythm player. um Jess, um, she's really f- a really fun and great person. We worked a lot together on Skype, and you you can't play together like that. Right. That's so when that technology comes where we can all interact in real time, where music is as in real time on the internet. That's gonna just be like so incredible for bands because you know there's a lag time and and it just you can't rehearse. <laughs> right. You know. And, yeah, and uh, um, so me and Jess spent a lot of time together um, on Skype working on um, guitars. And then, um, no, I mean, what everybody else is, you know, learn it, do the album. It's, you know, don't deviate from the albums <laughs> kind of thing, you know. And, and uh, 
yeah, that's kind of how it's going right now. So, so this is something I always wondered too: is do you do you guys get together? Do you guys get together to rehearse like before the shows, or do you get on stage and everybody's just kind of expected to be able to do it? Oh yeah, no, we rehearse, we rehearse, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna rehearse um, at the beginning of the month. And do some rehearsals and stuff. So, so is everybody just yeah, going to fly out there to you? No, I'm going to go up to Seattle. We're all going to meet up in Washington and go over to Mandy's house and rehearse. Cool. Um, one second. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Right hey, Gordo. How are you? Hi. I'm just great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'd say this conversation is going swimmingly, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, that, I was, uh, you know, I wish I could add commentary at the bottom. Yeah, I'll see you later. You know, <laughs> we have like, we need this like part, a, like a ticker, like a stock ticker. This part's really good right here. This part's even better. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the chat thing, the chat thing isn't loading on this thing, so I like popped over to just um, uh, Facebook uh, pages, and Josh Finley says hello, Adrian. Oh, hi, Josh Finley. Yeah, yeah. Josh Finley. He's yeah. in Greeley right now doing a mural. Grease? Uh, he's in he's in Greeley doing a a, a, mur- a mural like <laughs> way for different Chiba than Hunt. Yeah, I mean I, he could be in Greece for all I know. I don't know. Not to say <laughs> that Greeley isn't as majestic as the city of Greece right? or the country of Greece. <laughs> but I mean, it's a beautiful place too, you know. But no, he's in Greeley. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff for uh, Chiba Hut. He does murals at all their locations, and they're pretty fucking amazing. Like uh, he's been, he's been producing some pretty incredible work, and uh, he's he just going did like a sci-fi recliner of some kind. I saw <laughs> a he just sci-fi recliner. Yeah, yeah, it's all teched out. It's pretty cool. I, like a picture of it, a, a mural of a sci-fi recliner. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's got flames and all kinds of cool shit. It's awesome. I imagine yeah. that someone like Josh Finley, who, like, the only thing that's ever interrupted his workflow is going to the bar, and even in that case, he still works at the bar, or like going to play a show. So I imagine that. He's been producing just like crazy, just tons well, of art. Considering that, yeah, yeah, really, the only things that that deter him are driving and sleeping. So, <laughs> other than that, he's he's pretty much on the job, twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, Adrian. Yes. So I'm looking for my 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 charger. Oh. Sorry. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. This is good. People want people want an inside a window inside like who you are really. That's what people want. They want to know they're like, "Oh, she charges her phone just like it's I do." Just, it's great behind the scenes content. Yeah. She it's, can't it's find good. her charger either. She's just like me. You so, can do it too. So what um, what is uh, what's it been like down in Austin lately? Like how's how's Austin going? Bad. It's um really hard. You know, it's a live music town, 
and so lots of venues have been closing we lost um the townsend and that one i was going to get to play that one and that was really important to me to get to play and that was that, on your list huh that was on your bucket list of, of venues well we were booked for april 23rd and so i was like oh my god i'm playing townsend brad and uh yeah and that closed like for a good um as far as i know i mean last i heard and then um, some of the larger venues like Barracuda is gone. Um, um, a place called Plush, which was mostly like DJ stuff. But I, I'm pretty sure like my Ableton tutor um, had like a open mic he would do over there, like a DJ open mic that he would do over there. And um, something else. But uh, so, you know, it's not great. And um, there's a research here in Texas. So. Uh, there were, you know, venues and, and bars. There were a few live music venues that opened up, maybe like five, and they've all been um, shut down as far as I know. I mean, I'm not like, I don't listen to the local news every single day, um, which right. is probably a bad, bad habit. I listen to national news, but I do read my Austin Chronicle. So, um, yeah, and... Uh, you know, so there were a couple bars that were doing, um, like one to one bar was having live streams where you would, they would sell like ticket fly. They would do like a ticket fly type thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And, and they have like an incredible, uh, sound engineer there. And, um, so the like ticket, like ticket fly, like they were like selling they were having- tickets through ticket fly for like paid streams. Yeah, on their stage. So the That's so the, really cool. so the yeah the band would go and set up there, and the, the the sound engineer would be there, and they would put yeah, and so they were doing um, some. But you know, I was gonna watch one of them, and it was right when the governor um, shut everything back down, and so they had, they canceled all of it because um, you just can't have strange. You can't strange people can't be around other strange people. Oh <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God. <laughs> It's been, and and when the pandemic started, we were talking on the podcast, and and Gordo, you'll you'll remember early on we were talking about it's going to be interesting to see what happens across the country because all the individual states kind of have followed different, like taken their own path, and we've gotten to see this like huge sample oh, of, of 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 how it's happened in real time, and uh, you know I've yeah, just been seeing the headline. Now. I've been I've just been seeing the headlines about Texas and it seemed like initially they were so cavalier about it and to see someone who was so initially cavalier about it turn around and get so fucking serious about it is that's frightening. That's really yeah. terrifying. You know, if the governor of Texas who is just like, fuck you, is getting spooked. <laughs> Well, and to think that it's been that, it's it's been that way from the beginning. It's been right. that dangerous from the beginning. You know, like right. it, it didn't right. just get and nobody listened. You know, like it's that's that's kind of the frustrating part about this whole thing is you know like uh, you know maybe could have been uh, you know avoided. You, you know, know, you would so. you would you would think so, but we're just going. We're I think at least for many generations now, we will probably always have to deal with the fact that there's going to be a percentage of the population 
that just doesn't believe shit until it fucking happens to them, man. You know, until until they start to see it in their own in their own communities and they start to see it happening to people they love, like it's just not like we're just gonna have to deal with that. It it fucking sucks, but it just seems to be the way that it is. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man. it definitely seems to be taking that. It, it takes that uh, that personal, you know, experience to really kind of maybe make people do an about face. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> from being, um, you know, someone that lives here, um, to me, it came across as cautious. Like, okay, we're only going to try twenty five percent, and then so and so they did that. And a lot of the bars, you know, the music venues were saying, well, we're not going to open because we can't make money at 25%. We need to have it at least 50%. And when it turned to 50%, I think there was a, like I, I said, I think there was about five music venues that, that opened. Um, and uh, some of them were having shows. And some of them I had never even heard of before. I was like, what's this place? Right, right, <laughs> and, right. Yeah, and... Uh, but a lot of um, a lot of the venues, like I said, only like maybe five, and a lot of the venues were like, "We're not gonna open. We're not gonna, right? You know, we're gonna we're gonna wait this out." And um, I mean, I can only speak to what's happening here in Austin and from the club point of view, like a bar owner point of view. Right. Well, and 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 that's yeah. the thing is the bar it owners, especially in a city, our side. <laughs> say that one more time. It seemed like a cautious reopen on our side, but the 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 non. I think what happened was is um, people just didn't do the masks, and so that right. right. That's uh yeah. I, I follow uh, uh, Corey Davenport. He he runs uh, the hole in the wall down there, and and I saw him like I saw him m- several times posting about how like man like this this mask thing. It's like the new I left my ID in my car. Like, it's like people oh. just not doing it, you know? And it just yeah. sucks to have to try and make people enforce it in a bar setting. It just, you know, and I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, we just, my band just played a show at the Oriental Theater a couple weeks ago. and You did? You yeah. guys shows? Uh, well, we, we played, it was like the first one that my band had played in months. And uh, it was it was 50 people maxed out. We, we sold out the Oriental. <laughs> um but like it was it was pretty bizarre you know to play for an audience that was like you know they're all at their tables you know everybody it was kind of like the dinner theater crowd almost you know like everybody's everybody's at their tables and 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 people were super enthusiastic and really appreciative about it and the venue did a great job man oriental and punk rock saved lives the guys that put it on they did a great job like you know with trying to be as safe as they could with the whole thing um, and it was a fundraiser for independent venues, and it it, I, it went really well. But it was super weird. It well, was... and, and and that's something that's something that I've observed too. Is is it seems that independent vi- businesses, especially ones in the entertainment sector like venues, are kind of following their own intuition and their own moral compass on this, regardless of what of what state they are in. I know there was some venues in Missouri that uh, jumped on top of it early on and, and uh, some places that weren't as cautious, but it seems like the venues in the music industry people are the ones who were 
you know, they don't want anything to happen to the people upon whom their business depends. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. The, the, the 50-person shows, you know, I've been interested in going to one. I'm even interested in going to a, a drive-in movie theater show if, if yeah. one of those happens. Yeah, the outdoor show seems to be kind of where it's at. Like, that seems like to be the safest environment to do a show in, you know, is, right. is outdoors. We, uh-huh. so, so, the, so even in Austin, people haven't been abiding um, the, mask, the mask thing? Or is that just in broader Texas? Well, um, I, you know, being that my usual income is like, you know, pretty much gone, I have to stay home and not spend money. So what I hear about is what my friend that has a job, <laughs> that, it, you know, that's going out um, saying, you know, yeah, I was out and, you know, there's the younger people were out at the bar and they were, you know, not wearing the masks and, and they're, you know, just having a good time. But, but, you know, it's like the bar owners, like, you know, I think they were, he was at a bar called the, um, I can't remember, but it doesn't, it's not a very big one. And, um, that, yeah, like the first day that you could go to a bar, it, it was too many people. And the, the owners were like, you guys can't all be in here. You have to go out and you right. need to be wearing a mask. So they'd put on a mask for a second, but, you know, get tired of wearing the mask and then take right. it off. And, you know, so just mostly when I go out, I see everybody in masks. I mean, right. And I work at a food, uh, I'm volunteering at a food pantry and we have to wear gloves and a mask. Right. And. Yeah, so, you know, you get out now, it, you know, if the the law is, or, well, whatever the executive order is, that you can be fined up to $250 if you're not wearing a mask. If, oh, wow. That's if you're not exercising. If you're exercising, like running, you don't need to have, you won't get fined. But if you are just, like, mm, hanging out Stop and you have a mask out, on, yeah. They, yeah, they can fine you $250 now. Yeah, our, um, our guidelines are are pretty our guidelines for just public safety are are pretty reasonable it's just you know wear one and when you go into the grocery store or the post office or like you're required to have one when you're indoors uh around people but like outside you know on the path or uh i take my son we go we go down to the to the cemetery and just ride around the cemetery and as long as you're social distancing you don't have to have a mask on um, but I also think that there's some people that they're they're confused on it because there's not much in regard to a coherent narrative um, worldwide. And so there's uh-huh. people who will who are out there running and wheezing with masks on and people who are giving the stink eye to people who are running or riding a bike without a mask on. You know, it's just. <laughs> no, yeah, here we don't have to have it on if we're exercising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you don't stay away from folks, you know. You're, you're not close. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. are things are bigger here. <laughs> At least <laughs> <we're not close. laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, we we've, we've got plenty of room. Yeah, we've got yeah. plenty of room. But like, but I think in yeah, in like tighter quarters, you know, some people are some people are just, uh, understandably very nervous. Obviously. I've been uh-huh. encouraged by uh, hiking out here 
you know, like that there's, I've seen a lot of people in masks hiking, or at least they have a mask. And, you know, when some of those trails are pretty small, so you can't right. Oh, right. distance appropriately. So it's, it's encouraging to see people that at least have a mask available and put it on when they get within a certain proximity of people. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. 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 We started allowing, um, dine in again. We um we took at the the wing place where I work we we opened up nine tables so five of them out on the patio and then we created like a little garden area and our rule is you've got to have a mask to come in you've got to wear it whenever you're up moving around you don't have to have it at your table we discourage co mingling we sanitize oh. and and clean everything you know. Like, don't go sitting at other people's tables and stuff like that because, I mean, we're a hippie wing joint, so people are like, oh, shit, Mondo's here. Hey, what's up, Skeeter? I'll come sit at your table. Eh," You know. Mondo and Skeeter? Mondo is a real guy. Skeeter is not a real guy. But, you know, know, so they do that. But every once in a while, because we're a wing joint, we also get manly men come to eat, come to eat chicken wings and... Manly men don't want to wear manly man masks. And so they uh, they get, you know, they roll their eyes or they, like, we've had people wow. just, like, flat out refuse or, you know. See, I haven't seen that here, but, but Austin is, uh, you know, pretty... It, there's a lot of cooperation here <laughs> for the most part. Right. People generally seem to, seem to tend to want to cooperate with each other, so... That's the general thing that happens in Denver. That is generally what happens in Denver. But once in a while, you get a butt munch. In fact, most people, I should say that, like, you probably get one butt munch in a hundred. You know. (laughs) Those aren't bad odds. That's not a bad ratio. We're just one to a hundred butt munch munch. to non-butt munch ratio. That's great. So, um, what else are you doing art-wise? I... Subscribed to you on Patreon, so I see Yay! your collages come out. Um, what else yeah. are you doing besides the collages? Or tell us about the collages. Like you make one of those every single day. Almost, almost every almost day. Every day. Uh, that, but but often enough to where like a lot of the times they're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they're really good. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you got to make bad shit to make good shit. You know what you, I mean? You're going to about- make more Absolutely. bad shit than good shit. You've got to make. Yeah. Have you ever heard the 50 pounds of clay story? You ever heard the 50 pounds of clay story? So basically it's this, I don't know if it's a real experiment, but the the story goes that there's an experiment where a a teacher has one class that she says, I will give you grades based on the quality of your work. So if you create a perfect piece of pottery, I'll give you an A. And then she has, you know, group B – which is I'm going to give you a grade based on the quantity of your work. And if you give me 50 pounds of, you know, if you give me 50 pounds of pottery, uh, I will give you an A. You give me 40 pounds, I'll give you a B. You give me 30 pounds, I'll give you a C, and so on. So the group that was the qualitative group pretty much sat around and just theorized about what the perfect piece of pottery would look like, whereas the quantitative group ended up creating the greater number of quality pieces because all they focused on was doing their 50 pounds of clay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I would think the opposite. 
just sitting and focusing on making a perfect thing rather than going in and and shedding shedding wood or shedding clay as it were yeah yeah well i mean even though i'm the you know one that is like make shit make shit make fucking shit i mean you know our stuff but (laughs) but i guess yeah i mean like i have to continue to make to i can't just like oh "Oh, well that's absolutely and stop you know what i mean I, i have to yeah yeah you gotta hone it your channel you're hone more, the yeah, hone, yeah, hone your conduit, the conduit yeah. through which the water flows. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard yeah, that. So, Go ahead. Oh no, that was. I've just heard it. Um, I've heard it said everyone has the water within them. Some of us just spend a little more time uh, honing our conduit, like building a building a quality conduit. Yeah, yeah, through which to transfer the water. Um, but yeah, so um, I just pee a lot. I, I, I just, just do pee. a lot of. I just, yeah, <laughs> Which I'm going to be doing very soon. <laughs> I had to see I'm a urologist and get my oh. conduit worked on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I make. Uh, you know, I just came out with um, some new music, so I've been making lyrical videos to go along with it. But I would say that my lyrical videos are very close to actual music videos. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm about to, uh, I just, I've done two so far, um, and on July 10th, I will release the next one. Cool. Do you do that yourself, or do you, do you have somebody you work with on it? No, I do it myself. Um, Come on. I, yeah, I get the, yeah, and I use my iPhones, and um, the key with the iPhone is, though, you get the Filmic Pro app. And that turns your camera, your footage, you know, it transfers it into high quality, film quality, you know. What's it called? Filmic Pro. It's Filmic about Pro. 14, yeah, Filmic Pro. Yeah, yeah, and it's about fourteen ninety five, but it is worth it. And I've started making my own videos um, in, I think, 2016. So I started with, like, the Beauchevaux releases and then i did um the spaz kitty ep i did um all of those videos posted from that time which would be 2018 that's all on my iphone and at that uh a couple of them i was using the iphone 5s and this and my iphone 7 um and so the 5s has now cracked out like it won't it filmic pro won't work on it anymore it's just you know it's so outdated it's just old, uh, yeah. so I've, I've only got one camera angle at this point you know what i mean one camera so um which when you're and when you're doing it by yourself you don't really need more than <laughs> you, can you can do so much with an iphone like yeah like, you know and also we live in a time and we talked about the democratization of of the music industry we also live in a time where People like stuff that's kind of shitty. Like they like <laughs> they like stuff that's made by real people is what I mean. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. like yeah. stuff that has a little bit of that that artisan homemade quality to it. You know, like the the like yeah, people like slick high budget movies and things like that, but there's been there's been award-winning films that have come out that are shot on fucking iPhones. We were talking about this with um, Bobby Lee Black uh, a la- uh, couple weeks or last week, and and he was telling us about just like 
you know, the independent film world. You can do so much with that stuff. And I think people shy away from maybe making as much as they normally would because they think they've got to have a bunch of fancy shit to do it. But like we well, that, previewed that's never stopped me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gordon. What was that? The first movie shot on the, the iPhone 5S's, what was that called? It was about the um, Searching transgender. Or oh, no, yeah. no, I was thinking of something else. Uh, maybe iPhone. It's really good. It, yeah, it, I, I can't remember what the, what the title of it is. I'll it's find really, it. I'm yeah, it's a good, good film. I just know about um, the Searching for Sugarman. Sugar, searching for Sugarman. Shirt searching for Sugarman. Oh, are you talking about Irving Sugarman? Ah, Irving Sugarman. <laughs> no, uh, there was that movie about that guy uh, who wrote that Rodriguez. song. Rodriguez. Rodriguez, who wrote Sugarman, and the whole bold fact. Yeah, it was. It was. There was a documentary about how uh, how it became this huge hit in South Africa during apartheid. We should have asked right. Eric Stranger about that. Um, it was Tangerine. Tangerine. That movie Tangerine. Tangerine. Yeah, all on 5S. 5S. That's not a good camera. <laughs> no. Not, yeah, it's not. So that and I saw that movie and that was amazing. And he did another movie after that. I don't know what iPhones he used for that. But I also didn't see the movie, but he's that filmmaker has done another movie. What's his name? Let's see. I've also I've also made a ton of stuff that I've paid top dollar for and had done on super expensive shit or like hired someone or took a very long time to create something and had it like do nothing in terms of its impact on people or at least not a proportionate impact, you know, and then do something that you just make on your fucking iPhone and people eat it up. You know, they, they love it. They, they like that. It's, they like that. It's you, you know, that's that's, that's why I like making records out of my house. That is so cool, by the way. That I think, Gordo, your records are fucking amazing, too. Like, you make Thank great you. records out of your house. Um, speaking of uh, making records, did how did you go about making your record, Adrian? Was that mostly home recording, or did you go into a professional studio for that? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I have a great uh, drummer named Chris Stromquist who um, records the drums um for me I, I send him my demos and he makes up stuff that i really love to it and he records it and sends me the the wave files for each input and um and then i retrack everything here at the house though yeah so the one kind of um bummer about here is is my street is a little bit busy so i kind of you know i need to wait to record stuff <laughs> When it's no, not, no, no. You get the sound of the streets on your record. People love that. <laughs> it's authentic. It's, it's unspeakable, for sure. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, I make everything here, and then I um, I have somebody that I trust to mix, and I have somebody that I trust to master, and w- that team is very good, and yeah, I could never, you know, to pay $45 an hour or, you know, whatever, I think... You know, I'm sure it's just goes up from there, but it seems like the general rate around Austin is about $45 an hour. On top of them, you know, a lot of studios are like, you have to do a full eight-hour day. It's like, that's not my workflow. My workflow is like, I've got three good hours in me, and i got to move on to something else. You know, to, to like do. And then, you know, when you're paying $45 an hour, 
how can you be creative when you're just like, oh my God, I have to get this done. Get right, this right. Done. The clock is running out on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking done with doing that shit. Um, you know, you can do it at the house and it, that's when you can relax and take a break and not right, have to worry right. about the anxiety level can go through the roof at a professional studio, like just right, just like that. <laughs> and on top of that, they don't know what you want. They don't know they what, don't. You, and they you've got to, yeah, you. They can't hear, and you, you know, and when you can't hear it, or you hear you want something different, you don't know how to tell them. It's very disempowering, and so, you know, to have logic and and um, and learn that, and and having production available has been wonderful and it's also you know been able to open up a conversation to me to um hip-hop you know hip-hop has always been on the the front of um production always and it's always been the innovative you know where where you want to find innovation in in production it's hip-hop and i always you know i have i have such a hard time being able to connect to it because I just, it was just like, how is this, how are these, how are they doing this? Like, how are all these right, sounds? Right, 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 right. Yeah. And now that I can kind of, you know, see, you know, it, it's like, wow, I can, it, everything has become so much more interesting to me. Cause you can I take I, the time I, to dive like, into it and experiment more and, and, and look into those spaces and try things out without having the worry of, of uh, being on the clock or having, the scrutiny of a of a of an engineer or a producer or other bandmates that are in the room like come on get it done get it done get it done yeah yeah Yeah. for you know like all the albums i came out with up to 20 even 2014's album be your own savior that was just me like recording at home and you know i didn't know how to work a drum machine or anything like that i think i had garage band but you know everything in there was so annoying like and lame <laughs> and I just didn't have the you know patience to go in and figure out you know how to use it but when I got logic and I started working on that Beau Chabot record I realized oh you know because we started recording and listening back I'm like this is just like every other thing I've made it's like you know it sounds like a fucking demo you know and I'm like and I don't know what clicked, but at some point I was just like opened logic and was like, oh, wait, it's all here. I can do this. We have to do this for ourselves <laughs> because right, right. nobody can do this for us. Like, And so that was like the big turning point for me in terms of, you know, going beyond just being able to add guitar or voice to something. Right, right. I, I mean, I obviously advocate for, for using studios because we, I mean, we go to up to, we go up to Evergroove, but Evergroove is a place where they deliberately set out to facilitate and create a comfortable environment and they work with bands on on price and they they don't want it to be cost prohibitive in any way but mm-hmm. that being said i do everything i can to increase my knowledge around what i can do on my own to get better and to understand how to communicate what i want at home, you know what I mean? Get all that done in pre-production before going in and, and being on the clock, you know? Mm-hmm. And and uh, you were mentioning you have a Ableton tutor? I do, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Ableton, it, like Logic is a way easier program to right. get a hold of than Ableton's really difficult. And um, I've mostly like been a, using Ableton. Confusing. What's that? It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, I've mostly been using Ableton to perform um, live by myself. Uh, and but to you, I haven't really used it in terms of um, creating track. Like I haven't gone into their sound, gone into depth with the sounds that they provide there, and and you know played with that. I mean, uh, what I would like to do. There's this really great guy. I think his name is Andrew on YouTube. Uh, he's got a. I can't. I, I wish I'm. I'm going to take a few classes from him. Um, on production i'm sure it's just like you know any online class where you just kind of do it on your own um because he has a, a couple uh really cool segments where they'll uh he'll take like one sound and then he'll send it to four other producers and they'll make a song out of it and everybody and then they'll they'll share it and it's real interesting how far everybody goes with just this one fucking sound like right and then right. you know what I mean, just that. And then they make this huge song out. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> so I would like to take some classes with that because I'm I'm really at a remedial stage with with all that stuff. And you can hear it, you know, when you listen to the stuff I've put out. I'm just you know starting to paint by color, you know, by numbers. Where you well, know, but it's it still opens up a whole different part of your brain. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah it gives you more a, tools to work with. It's yeah. a process. Like it's a. I consider it kind of a lifelong journey of learning about absolutely, you know, you know, like engineering production, like learning how to, you know, even trying to challenge myself on guitar or vocally or whatever it is. Like it's just constantly, constantly trying to build on the skills that I have and and right. learn something new. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what else are you gonna do? You know, I mean, with with your with your time. Have on you Earth, seen I mean, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? I have. It's pretty awesome. I haven't gotten. What, to what the, else are you gonna do? Come on. I have. Well, there's tons of stuff to do. But like, so like, I have owned guitars for many years, but I have never made learning guitar a priority because it was always like this: like, ah, it's too late. Ah, it's too late. Ah, it's like, no, you know, oh god, it would take play. me so long to to get to a certain skill level. And then the pandemic hit and Tony and Laura announced that they're having a baby. And you're like an incredible singer. I mean, like most dudes would kill to have the voice that you have. And, you know, so, I mean, fuck, you're an awesome singer. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Got a hell um, of a range. Well, thank you. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, I, it's, it, it became this thing, though, where it was like that was like I have in recent years tr been trying to see how I can. Chad Amen, our keyboard player from White Fudge and the Heavy Heavies, and he's in the Oingo Boingo project with me. He's like, he's like, when you dive into music, it goes down and out, not up and to a point. Like, it's like you're oh. not refining your knowledge. The further you dive into it, the more that presents itself. So, like, I've been on this kick of, like, I can't do – like, I, can't, I don't have my band. You know, Tony's having a baby. 
I've got the baby at home. We've got the pandemic. No one's going to be playing shows. Our label's not doing anything. We're not going to be going anywhere and doing anything for a very long time. So it became like, what are you going to do about it? You know? Okay, I'm going to pick up a guitar and I'm going to learn to play guitar, even though I fucking suck at it. You know what I mean? And had I known how rapidly you can improve on something once you put consistent daily effort into it, I would have started doing this years and years and years ago with many, many more things. And so I think that going in and trying to learn Ableton as a beginner is just a fucking amazing thing to do. I think it's and like frustrating. <laughs> super frustrating. Like anything worth doing, you know, it's it's frustrating. <laughs> right. Well, I watch I watch my I watch my baby boy get frustrated about uh, for the Fourth of July. We went over to some friend's house to hang out and let him play with some babies and some kids and shit. And he lost his fucking mind over a bubble mower. You know, because he really wanted to be good at it. He really wanted to make it work. He really wanted to see the bubbles go. And he just wasn't, like, holding it down in the right place. So I had to, like, walk alongside him and, like, hold the handle down and, like, help him figure it out. But, like, every time he would get stuck and he couldn't work it, he would just, he would fall to pieces. And, like, he just melted down. And everybody at the party goes, oh, did he fall? Did he hit his head? Did he get hurt? I said, no. He's just, he's just frustrated about the bubble mower. He's frustrated about a thing he can't do. And Sarah goes, yeah, he takes after his dad in that respect, you know. It's yeah. just, that's just one of the things that we, we do is the, like, people, the three of us and people like the three of us is we really, really love creating and really love making stuff. And it's the most fun, amazing, beautiful thing in the world but trying to develop the skill set required to do it with some level of proficiency is fucking maddening. Yeah. That frustration is inherent, you know. Yeah. It's it's just going to happen. Yeah. And pushing through that frustration is just such a necessary skill set to learn. You know, it's that like, that's as important as the primary skill set. Yeah. I've said it oh, before man. and I'll say it again. Like uh, I, I had a drummer that, that told me some of the best advice I've ever gotten from anybody, and that's don't quit five minutes before the miracle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you think it's not going to work. You think it's not going to work. You've been working on it for hours. You're like, fuck this. And then it all just comes together. There's that. There's that. What is it? Um, that Napoleon Hill thing where he talks about don't stop digging three feet from gold. Like there's a whole story about like a guy who like starts like a mining plot and he's like digging for gold and he fucking it's just driving him nuts and he finally throws in the towel and sells the property to another prospector and the guy goes in and finds gold three feet from the spot that the dude was originally digging i didn't have to do much work yeah he's like oh yeah you just needed to move the drill over a little bit works is fine yeah no man it's um I, I just think it's really cool, you know, that, um, like, I know you, like, I've I've supported your career, your independent music career, out your original music career outside of Hell's Bells in, in the time that yeah. I've known you, but I, I haven't, like, like, people might, people might be surprised 
to see how different your original music is to to Hell's Bells, like how like all the different twists and turns that you take and and trying to develop as a songwriter all the time and and trying to try out new like I I listened to your new album for the first time on my way over here and it's just so different from everything else you've done just texturally yeah. <laughs> and and uh subject matter and uh like a lot of the stuff you're doing with your vocals it was just like it was all just so impressive and it's oh, really it, it's really cool to like see you play in this ACDC you know tribute band and doing the the three chord fist pumpers and foot stompers and then turn around and you're hiring somebody to teach you how to use Ableton in your live performance. That's just like, <laughs> that's really fucking cool, man. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I want to play music. I love music. I want to create it. I want to play it. Right. I want to, I want people to watch me do it. <laughs> so what, <laughs> what, what keeps you from, what keeps you from quitting when you do get frustrated and you come up against the wall? Um, I pray and um also you know if the i just keep seeing um a door open and if that door shuts then hopefully another door that makes sense is opens in another direction but the door hasn't closed for me yet so and i don't want it to but you know there's not anything i can control and you know what i mean and I'm just doing what I was born to do, and I feel that that is performing. And I started um, acting last November, and I started taking acting classes. Started acting. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, and I started taking acting classes maybe like last August or September, and um, I. Yeah, I uh, started um, just doing background work at first, and um, and for some reason in November and December I got hired. I, I think it was just kind of kind of lucky thing, and I you know and for paid stuff. You know, I didn't apply for anything that wasn't paid, and um, and then uh, I got on a movie um, this January. Um, and I didn't have a line, but I also wasn't background. Like I, the director came to me, says, okay, what I want you to do is, you know, he gave me this whole like choreography and he's like, I, I kind of want you to look upset. And if you can cry, cry. Um, and it was really interesting how fucking difficult it was because all the other actors I was in the scene with were really uncomfortable too. And so when you are trying to, you know, kind of, get into a mode where you can like, you know, be realistically upset. You've got all these other distractions going on on the set. You know what I mean? It's so it's, there's that whole, and anyway, I don't know what the movie hasn't come out yet. And I've just have me, I'm probably in it for like, you know, in it. I don't even know, you know, they edited it, but they put, gave me an IMDB credit. <laughs> I was just, I was just going to say, you got an That's IMDB legit, credit. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, and, and it's like to, for somebody to get that and not speak is, you know, it's kind of rare. I mean, you know, you really need to have kind of a line. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't see it because <laughs> it 
there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I don't> wanna... <laughs> That's intriguing. You know, yeah. it's you know, it's cool if you're saying to yourself, I hope my mom doesn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> that just means it was cool. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's really great. Um, man, uh, when uh, next time you're in town. See, I really want to, I really can't wait to do this in person again. Like the the Skype interviews have been fun. It's been great learning the technology, but I wish we had I wish we were established enough that we could have more easily done your live episode when you guys were in town cuz I want to like bring you in here and show you the studio and and uh man, maybe we can get you to do some voiceover stuff. That would be a lot of fun. I just like yeah, it's it's really cool. Um uh yeah that's that's fucking awesome man uh when can we expect to see your you know it's not your debut performance but your imdb credited debut performance like they said it was coming out sometime in july but i think they wanted to have a premiere um so given that everything shut down again i you know they asked me to sign some paperwork at the sometime in june and we're like we really want to have a we're probably we're planning to have a premiere in July. We hope you can come to it. And um, but I haven't heard from them since. So I imagine that since it, I think that they're probably going to try and hold off so they can actually have a screening. Right, right, right. But I don't uh, know. Yeah, totally. And um, that's another thing is like the production lag. Like we still have yet to see the production lag caused by, um, you know the major studio houses and production companies getting shut down. So I predict we are going to see a rise in the popularity of, of independent, like lower budget, smaller level content. Like I think, yeah. we're gonna, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that just because there's nobody has been making anything in the, with the big production studios in the last few months, they halted production on everything. So the only right. stuff that's going to sneak through once that that lag starts to catch up is is the stuff that people either can make from home or with small groups of people or things that people can roll out quickly, you know, like building shit in your home, just doing, like we said, uh, stuff that's kind of shitty. We're going to see a lot of, like, <laughs> consumer-grade entertainment. It's going to be really cool. Hey. Uh, let's take a look at this lyric video of yours. What do you say? Sure. All right. Absolutely. So to let the the viewers know, we're going to try an experiment here. All right. Because basically what happened on the – for those of you who watched our episode with Plagiarizer, um, Adrian and Gordo cannot hear what is on my computer on their end. So on the Plagiarizer episode, I was pretty much sitting there rocking out to their song – while the band and Gordo sat politely and and listened to me speak loudly and try and explain what part of the song they were on. So, to counteract that this week, we are going to try and start the videos all at the same time. You will only hear the one that is on my computer, but I'm thinking we'll be able to watch from more or less the same place. Um, you might want to put some... Do you have any headphones by any chance? Me, yeah. Yeah, you might want to throw some headphones on. Gordo, you've got headphones on, right? I've got headphones. All right. So 
Let's let's see here. Got it. I'm gonna pee real quick. All right. My computer's being dumb, and won't play it the way I want to This is way more than a lyric video. This is rap. Cool as shit. saying this is way more than a lyric video adrian this yeah. is rad <laughs> thanks you did this with your iphone yeah and adobe after effects and um adobe premiere pro that's really the key there this thing looks slick man yeah it looks awesome so there's three keys, three keys. You gotta have the Filmic Pro app, Adobe Premiere, and Adobe After Effects. <laughs> Are those tampon sperm? Tampon, yeah. <laughs> but they were like tampons that were behaving like sperm. Yeah. That's fucking great. Neat. Yay, that was fun, right? <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> very cool. It's very yeah. cool shit. Fun. That one hurt my hands, so that was hard to make. That was a lot of max tracking. That's really cool, man. I'm really <laughs> impressed. That was awesome. I was like lagging behind because I was watching on I was watching all of this on my phone and it's like it's like being in a weird time warp. That was super cool. 
when you were watching the stream on your phone while you were I was peeing? watching this. Yeah, because my computer was broadcasting the sound out. It's like, no. You Did know, you like, feel like a time traveler? Yeah, I felt like very, very late time traveler. <laughs> I'm late to I the like, party. I like, I'm watching the video and I've got like the picture in picture thing on OBS and I'm like, wow, that's great. Don't you think, Gordo? And I go to switch over and you're in the bathroom, go over and Adrian's <laughs> gone too. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> So we all started it at the same time, but I'm still going to sit here and watch it by myself. We had the same idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. That's super cool, man. That is like, okay, so let's, let's dive into that. Let's break it apart. So musically, you recorded that all at home with Logic and... Like just logic, like you did it all on that and then sent it to somebody for mixing and mastering, or what was the process on the on the audio side of it? Um I did I I believe I mic'd the guitar uh you know, time goes by and I kinda of forget what the fuck I did. Um I have a focus right um audio interface, uh Yep, and I just go straight into Logic. Um, I grab towards the end of the song. I change the guitar tone. To, I put a, um, a trash on it. Um, it's like a whole um, plug-in audio plug-in, like a distortion. So I found like a real that's crunchy. where it gets that crunchy, crunchy distortion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That wasn't in uh, in a Logic um, plugin. That was something I bought. Um, I think it's called Trash. And it, there's like a million distortions on there. I mean, all this digital stuff is, you know, oh my God. I mean, it's just endless, you know? Yeah, you can do <laughs> You so get much. into it and then you're just like, uh, it's, you get overwhelmed and you're like, I don't know how to continue. Fortunately, I went to school for music production. So, you know, I can, I'm not like, oh, oh I my didn't God. know that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I did. Um, the vocals here and the guitar here and I did the bass. I was, I'm the bass player except for the middle part. Um, I had Heather come over and record um, the bass for the middle part. Yeah. And then, yeah, the drums are Chris, Strong Quist, and he lives in New York. Yeah. And uh, So you just what? had it, did you just have it on a click and you sent it out to them or did you have like placeholder drum machine tracks? Like what did you do? You yes. just left it open or what did you do? I had a click and I had a drum machine track for uh, Chris and I sent him whatever I sent him a version with just click and probably a version with the drums and I'm pretty sure he tracked with um, or, or like either a version with just click or a version with click and drums I'm pretty sure he tracked to the drums yeah I mean the drums were stupid <laughs> you know that like the electronic drums were stupid you know when you're trying to make don't matter it's awesome yeah, yeah I mean he just he embellished and made it a real yeah but he got the idea of what i wanted and made it better that's all that's all you need right is to just just communicate the idea and i love that we have tools that we can just communicate ideas like that so you so you just like built it out um just like using some what some some sample loops or something like that or did you build it on like a like did you build out the beat yourself on like a like a like, did you have, like, a controller, like an Alesis controller or something like that that you were doing the beats with? No, inside Logic, there's the thing called Ultrabeat, and so you can program um, the drums there, and then they make little... There's actually, like, four different ways you can program drums, and usually the way I choose is to uh, in make 
uh, one pattern and then you, you, you like move it up and it makes like a little square, you know, and, and, and then you can alternate those um, on different patches. Ultra Beats hard. The good thing about Logic is there's a lot of tutorials on YouTube. Right. So if, you know, there's this great guy, um, he's, I think he might be Australian or, and um, he's got really helpful um, Ultra Beat tutorials. Uh, the other trick about you know doing this using these software programs is you got to kind of keep using them or you forget how to use them because right, they are pretty right. pretty intricate. Um, yeah, so this was a more straight across rock song, so um, there's not any synths or anything in this. Um, oh, I did do that crowd noise like. When it on the second half of the song, there's a crowd noise with the you know with the um, gated, you know where you like get the kick drum to uh, pull the sound in and out. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, I did that thing and um, like a gate reverb, like yeah, they call it side chain. Side yeah. chain. So, yeah. yeah right. So when the yeah, and it it always fucks with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, were you uh, were you like slaving the like the bass to the bass drum or what or was it to get that kind of boom wow boom wow kind of sound or uh, towards the second half of the song I throw in a crowd noise like a crowd cheering and oh yeah 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 and I take a I take an electronic drum that you can't hear and it is um, I think how it works, signal flow fucks with me real bad. Like I'm kind of dyslexic. So what I think happens is uh, the the every time the kick drum hits, it it yeah. takes the, the volume down for the for the yeah, crowd. So it, so it goes it ducks the applause underneath. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's it's, so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds awesome. It sounds really hey. good. It's actually, and yeah, you know, I, I, I'm like running on like 15 years. This like was something that people were doing like, you know, 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, you know, and I learned like my favorite uh, electronic artist um, these days is Grimes. So I actually watched an interview on her and she talks about it being in one of her songs that I could never hear. I'm like, what is she? <laughs> just like, <laughs> right, right, right. She's on the, she's like, oh yeah, I put a crowd noise in here just so that it, you know, like the song was kind of dying and stuff. And that's how I felt about this song. Like it kind of starting to die. Like I need some energy. Oh yeah, so I put and so I just tried the same thing that she tried, except her her mix, of course, is like so elegant. I mean, I can't even hear it at all. Like, she's a master. She's yeah. I mean, you know, I, she's like just elegant. Like my wizard. stuff is very like. You know, it's like a little kid like drawing. You know what I mean? And hers is like this Renaissance fucking, like, you but know. That's, but that's how it starts. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's all and it's all connected. You know what I mean? It's all connected to your your workflow and your workshop and 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 your your palette. And you're going like you're doodling right now. But eventually, you know, you you you've got the rest of your life to do it. That's the thing too. Is like. I I love that we're living in a time where it's cool to be a lifelong musician and it's cool to be yeah. a lifelong creator and you can go, you know, mm -hmm. hey, who says I can't start learning to make EDM at age 40 or who says I can't start, uh, you know, playing around with video production at age 60 or 
uh, you know, pick up the guitar or the piano at age 70 or, or 80 even. It's like you get, I yeah. mean, it doesn't take that long to learn how to do things. I mean, it takes a long time, but it doesn't take an impossibly prohibitive amount of time to do anything, to, to learn to do stuff. You yeah. Know? Like Premiere Pro and Adobe Premiere, all those things, like if you, all the videos I've made, you know, I did that because I watched tutorials. It's all on YouTube. It's all right there. I mean, if you can think of how to ask the question, then it's there. And sometimes what your limitation is, is not not knowing what exists out there in terms of possibilities of, you right. know, what people have done with the software. Um, right. And so you don't know how to ask. So then you kind of have to, you know, if you're like, if I'm doing a video and I'm like, man, something needs to happen and I just don't know what, I don't know what to ask. Sometimes I'll just go and like look for seven great things you can, you know, do to make your this or that better, you know? And right, right. a lot of times that's kind of like the worst way to go about it because it, it is time consuming. And a lot of times it's like, that's not it. No, that's not it. But it leads but, you to know, things. It leads to things. And so, yeah. And um, yeah, like that, if I was to charge somebody what I did for superhuman, I mean, I would have to charge somebody at least a thousand, if not two thousand dollars. That took so much time, and it hurt my hands. <laughs> I was like, right, right. <laughs> just because it, uh, you know, uh, not not knowing what I was gonna do, and you know, I just started like I knew that I needed to to have the tunnel thing, and and I saw that there was a Premiere Pro thing on that, and then I was like, okay, so what if I can, you know, make windows in the movement of this tunnel? What if I can spin the tunnel? Because in the in the in the Adobe Premiere YouTube, all it does is show you how to make the tunnel. It doesn't show you how to twist it or do any right, of that stuff. Right, right. So you start, you know, you kind of, you learn how to kind of take it. And then, you know, so there was probably, if somebody had a plan, you know, there probably was a way to put that video together in a much faster way, but I didn't have a plan. And so, you know, I'm dealing with suddenly a twisting tunnel and I'm trying to put windows in it. And so I got to, <laughs> Man, it was fucking intense. You know, like type. You know, you gotta mass track all those all those movements with the other. Because you know, basically, it's tracks. All that right, video right, stuff. Right, right, right. It's tracks layers. Yeah, you're yeah. Mixing together. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, it's really fun. And editing is. It just seems to come together like easily. Like I can't tell you how many times I've just done something and be like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a great feeling? Like just the yeah. feeling of putting one foot in front of the other and and fucking doing a thing. Like oh, yeah. that's the best. Yeah, it was like oh, that. so it's kind of like that the thing about you know the doors opening. It's like I'm just kind of going through doors and you know so far <laughs> yeah I don't know that's all I'm doing is I keep walking through the doors that open and if they close I mean there's something I can do about it but hopefully another door will open to do something else that fulfills my soul. There's a lot of fucking doors, man. There's always, <laughs> there's always something to do. There's always something new to learn. There's always another place that you can go. Like, like whether it's creative endeavor or just ideas in general, like if, if, if philosophy, you know, uh, and, and by the way that, you know, this just popped into my head. If we ever get the opportunity to get Blinkist as a uh, as a sponsor on this show, I will I will gladly promote them on this show because in I feel like that's one of the best 
uh, ways of consuming information. Have you guys have you guys seen Blinkist? Do you know what this is? Uh-uh. Okay, so it's basically it's a bunch of fifteen minute condensed versions of books, and a lot of what is in there is like ultra condensed versions of really important philosophical um, conversation, like perspectives that are directly related to current things facing the human experience. And, you know, if you want to open a bunch of doors and take in a bunch of information, you can do that much more rapidly. Just like just like you can do on, uh, on YouTube, you can go on and if you want to make a music video, you can go... And just search tutorials on DaVinci Resolve or Adobe Premiere or After Effects all day long. You can sit there with your coffee or with your dinner and just just like watch video after video of how to learn. And even if it's not related to the particular thing that you're working on, you can it can lead to another door that'll lead you into another place that'll answer the question that you didn't even know how to ask, like you you said. You know I think what I mean? I'd rather just—I'd rather just search for a Led Zeppelin plugin. You know? <laughs> like, I want to—I want to sound like Led Zeppelin. Uh, Led Zeppelin plugin. Oh, John Bonham, perfect. Oh, that—that's another cool thing. That's another cool thing is you can—you can find out what someone's pedal array is. You can go, I love so and so's fucking pedal array, and you can go online and and search for what does so-and-so play on live like what is mike Patton's fucking vocal array on stage and you can find like an article where somebody has like broken all of that down that it's would so be fucking cool <laughs> you know what he plays on is a um uh what's it called a Korg chaos pad mm-hmm. like you you mentioned adrian like um hip-hop being so far ahead of the curve in terms of production like <laughs> Mike Patton is definitely someone who has adopted that same philosophy. Like so much, like so much of what he uses in live performance and production, he's taken straight from hip hop or electronic music or or weird orchestral music or ambient noise music. There's this, there's this like almost um, purity injunction when it comes to rock and roll music. Where it's like, these things are rock and roll. These things are not rock and roll. It's like you don't do this because that's that's bullshit. We don't want to throw anything like like that in there. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's um, it's really cool. I, uh, yeah. I, I I'm really happy to hear about uh, hear about the way that you go about just diving into all that shit. It's really cool. Hey, I think it's really cool. Um. Well, oh, I had a question really quick. Uh, what, uh, real quick, what what are you listening to right now, Adrian? Um, pandemic times. What what music is is really floating your boat right now? All right, I'll pull it up uh, because you know how it is. There's so many artists. Uh, so okay, so I found uh, I watched the Willie Nelson um, live stream for the fourth, and uh, finally got to see Shaky Graves, and fuck, he's awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> Um, so Shaky Graves, um, I also, uh, am getting more into Marvin Gaye, which I'm sorry to say has 
you know, long overdue. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Sweet Spirit and their new album, Trinidad. I, I got that. And um, that vocalist, she is awesome. She also plays in Heartbones with um, Harmar Superstar and uh, A Giant Dog. And I'm just, this all just, I'm all just, you know, like I had heard about Heartbones because they did a concert not too long ago where they covered fucking, you know, the soundtrack to Dirty Dancing. And I didn't go and I just so regretted. That's so fucking awesome. Uh, they did the whole soundtrack to, to Dirty Dancing? That's really That's cool. what I heard. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then, yeah, those are the main ones. Um, and... Uh, over the last year, Miles Davis, really, a whole lot. Like, my parents didn't listen to, you know, my parents listened to classical music and my sister listened to Duran Duran. So I don't have, like, any kind of R&B history, jazz history, blues history, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, you know, so this is all, you know, a whole new world for me and everything. So, you know, I was like, Miles Madonna, Davis is fun. Miles Davis yeah. is fun, and you can you can leave Miles Davis. Like the songs are like eight minutes long, so it's like you can you can hang out and like let those let those go for a while. You know, it's fun. You can really dive yeah. into it. It's cool. That really uh, got my wheels spinning. I want to hear a Miles Davis Duran Duran mashup. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I bet there's one out ass. there. I'll bet there wow. is one out there. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, when do you think we will see each other again in person? Like, when do you think, when do you think that that is realistic? Fuck. 2021. Yeah. If, if not, if not 2022. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I just, there's just so anything can, I guess, you know, it's always been that anything can happen at any time. And that illusion, you know, the illusion that that didn't exist is pulled back more than ever. And, right, you know, absolutely. And so, you know, hard to say. We definitely, you know, I don't have any plans personally to drive up to Denver and play by myself. And there's nothing on um, the books for Hell's Bells in terms of the end of this year um, that's been booked or anything. But nobody's really, you know, booking stuff. The casinos in Washington are the only venues that are able, that are open. I don't know what it's like in other states, but right, right, yeah. I don't know. I, I uh, Gordo, after we got done with last last week's episode, Gordon and I, Gordo and I were talking about the show he just did, the limited capacity um, show at the Oriental, and I mean, it sounds like fun, and it sounds like something I'd want to do. Just to say I did the, you know, I had the experience, but I also, I don't want to do anything with, with my band, with, with Ruckus until I can kiss people on the mouth in the front row, you know, (laughs) that's kind of how I feel about it is, is I just don't, I don't want to do it till I can, till I can connect with people physically Till I can put my arms around somebody and and be sweaty and nobody's going to be terrified about me yelling into a microphone and spraying out into a big group group of people. Like I just 
I don't want to play shows until I can do that again. Right. You know, because to me, that's like that visceral a- aspect is such is like, I mean, you were talking about it earlier. It's the biggest part of the whole thing in, in many ways. It yeah. Is. Like, like, yeah, we did a show right now. I mean, I sweat like a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can't help that. And I have to, I'm not just standing there like, I, you know, what? Right, and I don't want to. I don't want to like do the socially distant merch table, or like, like have to like stand six feet away from people, at, like at the end of the show, and have them like queue up, like and like bump elbows and all that shit. Like, I just, I just don't. I'll do try that. it. I'll I, try it. I'll try anything, but fuck, I just don't understand how it's gonna really. I, mean, I don't I'll know. Try, I'll try anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, I might do if if I get invited to do like something acoustic on my own or something like that, maybe. But uh, as far as like flying Tony in and and that's another thing is putting Tony on a plane and bringing him out here and Chicago. And, he lives in Chicago. Yeah, he lives in Chicago. Yeah. So it's just like, I just I I I am acting as if it's going to be 2022 before before anything happens. Before. Probably not that bad. I don't know. I talked yeah. so I talked to our label and listen, anybody who's watching and is planning on going to the Rose Tattoo show, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I am saying that I will not be surprised if it doesn't happen. Oh, so you still to- have yours on the books then? Cuz suppo- push. Oh, did it? You were supposed to do I- that Rose Tattoo show too? Just go to it. I mean, just watch it here yeah. in Austin. Well, May. ours got pushed to January. We were supposed to play with them in, in May, and, and it got moved to January. And the promoter seems confident, and I want to be enthusiastic, but I also talked to our label, and and they're in Germany, and he says he said they've pushed back all their touring to 2022. He said... Uh, like just in just in Europe, all across Europe, they're pushing back touring to 2022, and Whoa. international touring takes a long time, and there's a lot of logistics that go into it with visas and flights, oh. like you know, flight restrictions and things like that. And he kind of said, he said, like when I told him, I was like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but we're supposed to play with Rose Tattoo. He kind of laughed and he was like, That's not going to happen. <laughs> He's like, They're not going to fly all the way from Australia to play in in some venue with limited capacity and and to like it's like visas are going to be prohibitive and and all that stuff so like so I'm not saying it's not going to happen but like I said if it doesn't happen international touring just seems like a whole other just a whole other ball of wax dude they start working on that stuff a year in advance yeah, I mean that's okay. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. I don't have any experience with Europe except for just whatever I was invited to do this last year. But that was just me. But yeah, I have no like experience with that. Well, it's like it's like governments. It's like um, the bigger the picture is, the harder it is to make the pieces move. The harder it is to make the wheels turn. It's like you know. You're more likely to see things happen in real time on the municipal, on the local level, 
than you are on the state level and even above that at the national level and above that on the international level. So, you know, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see international touring is going to get pushed way back. National touring is is going to be put out, you know, maybe a little closer than that. And then local regional touring will like local regional performances will probably fill fill the need for a lot of the small venues and things like hell local bands might be playing the bigger venues that's another right. thing you know because it it doesn't take much logistically to get the guys who live you know five miles away together to come play a show at the local venue you can do that on a couple weeks notice but since yeah. stuff is so you know like the reopening we had I, uh, two days before we reopened for dine-in at the restaurant where I work, two days before, I didn't think we were going to be opening for the foreseeable future. And then once it got going, it really got going fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think when they start reopening and start letting people do things at regular capacity, it's going to be it's, local bands are going to be the only ones who can logistically uh, afford to make it work. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's my prediction, anyway. I don't. I don't. Hey, I'm just a guy, but that's my Swami. prediction. Swami, Swami. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, Adrian, it's been awesome having you on the show. It's yeah, thanks for It's been awesome me. talking with you. I really can't wait to do this in person. Um, it's Hopefully been too long. It's been too long since we've seen each other, and uh, I consider you a a dear old friend and. Um, and I'm so happy that you're still doing all the stuff that you do. And uh, I'm a big fan of yours, so uh, oh, keep at thanks. it. And, <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Can you give our viewers and listeners uh, all the plugs to let them know where to find you, what to watch out for, uh, what you got coming out next, and um, what all your socials are and stuff like that? You can You can drop that here if you want. Do I write it or say it? You can just say it. Just talk. Okay. Uh, AdrianConnor.com. Um, the front page is like the Twitter feed and uh, not that, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I use Facebook more. And, <laughs> and then the Instagram, you know, Adrian Connor. I think uh, Instagram's Adrian's Bad Kitty. And yeah, uh, Hell's Bells. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, We'll see. I'm excited to see the bells again. I really, oh, yeah. I, I, I really want to see a Hell's Bells show again. Yeah. Sure. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, well thanks cool. for having me on, you guys. Of course. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, oh, this has been the motherfucking podcast. Super rapid sponsor shout out. Thanks to our <laughs> patrons for uh, supporting the channel and the show and for making everything that we do happen. We love you guys so much. Our patrons make the world go round. Thanks to Evergroove Studio, the official recording studio of motherfucking ruckus, and uh, any band with some sense in a head. It's the best place to make a record. 70% solar-powered, beautiful views in the Black Mountain region of Evergreen. Check it out. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, big shout-out to Kate. She's helping me out with a, uh, a PA tomorrow for... Uh, my dear friend and co-worker, uh, Sophia, who passed away sadly earlier this week. Uh, we're having a service for her tomorrow uh, out in the park. It's going to be nice. And Rocket Space is helping me out with that. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. 
uh, Burn TV. This podcast and a bunch of other great content comes out of Burn TV Studios, home of the Nug Nation. Check out the Nug Nation at thenugnation.com. Flipside music, life is short. Go make some noise. Go see Ike and the boys. They'll take good care of you. Make sure you check out their uh, their YouTube series, What the FAQ, on, on the uh, Flipside Music YouTube. Uh, and last but most, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Angie's List Super Service Award winner. Back in 2011, one one's the only one that mattered. Because after that, it got all shitty and political. And, and, and nobody worth a damn has won since Jerry Matula swept the uh, Home Advisor Awards. The Angie's, I guess is what they call that. Do they have an award thing, Gordo? Do you think the Angies? It's like the Oscars. Um, honestly, without any research off the top of my head, I can say confidently that uh, you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't even bother looking at that. Yeah, so that's absolutely after a after, thing. after Matula won that award that one year. I mean, it's not really worth looking at after it's that. No, we're gonna no. Don't even look at. It. Don't bother. It's fake news. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Matula Plumbing. Hit him up. Oh, and uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. Of course, this is a mutiny transmission. Uh, mission. A mutiny transmission. Uh, go mutiny. see the new mural. Yeah, go see the new mural that Jake Fairley and Josh Finley and uh, Vinny Cheap worked on. Uh, it looks fucking badass, man. Uh, yeah, go see it. Thanks so much to our guest, Adrian Connor. Look her up, see her stuff. Thanks so much to Ethan Klein, our uh, tech guru extraordinaire. Uh, and thanks to all of you for watching episode 112 of the motherfucking podcast. We'll catch you next week. My name is Aaron Howell. Gordo. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the international power rock combo, Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zielinski. All music except homie shoutouts and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times, Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash MF Ruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 